I don't know if we're going to get in or not. See what it says here. Use parents' door. Where's the parents' door? There's absolutely nothing happening here. Where's the parents' door? Where's the parents' door? Where's the parents' door? Jumenda Four, Jumenda Four in the back. Jumenda Four is in the back. Here he is. All right. We have a comment. Oh, we just Jumenda. Jumenda, you glad to be coming? What do you think? Defoe! Hello and welcome back to what should have been the What The Fork Sunderland Review Show, but has now quickly turned into what the hell happened in the last 24-48 hours. I'm sure as you all know, we normally discuss and convene to discuss the weekend game, but since we got well up 6-0, I got a little bit angry, I think we all did, and I left it today. That was my mistake. Cue the return of Jermaine Defoe, well, so it seems. A manager being sacked. More players leaving that we didn't expect to leave. And hopefully more players coming through the door by the time you're listening to this. We'll be digging through what's been a real big 24 to 48 hours for Sunderland Association Football Club. And to dig through it, I've got three returning guests, two of them regulars. First and foremost, Dave Lawrence. Dave, um, how are you feeling after the last 48 hours? Uh, yeah, well, whirlwind, I guess. But uh, yeah, all good, just trying to make sense of it as much as everyone else, I think. That's the problem when you try to make sense of Sunderland Association Football Club. You should never try because you can't. Um, Brad, same question to you. It's been a mad few days. How are you, how are you feeling? All right? Um, yeah. Um, I think the review would have been a lot different if it had been 24 hours later. I was still seething. Um, but like you say, a lot's happened. Um, hopefully a lot will still happen in the next few hours. Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully by the time this goes out, we've signed loads of great players and sold loads of ones that we don't really need anymore. Um, but last and, and certainly not least, it's male model, face of Sky Sports News, and soon to be the only man with a deadline day tattoo. Tom White, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Very well, thank you. I wasn't very good on Saturday. In fact, I was very, very bad on Saturday, but I'm, I'm great today, thank you. But, I mean, we'll, we'll start on with yourself, Tom, on, on Saturday. Um I don't really want to go into it too much because it kind of feels like almost irrelevant now in some sense. But I was just saying before I came on there, I haven't really spoken to Ashley since we came back because we've both been quite busy. And I said, I think domestically, if you're taking away big, important games like Newcastle away when you've lost and games like that, I think for playing a team in a domestic game, that's probably the lowest I've ever, I've ever felt was Saturday, if I'm completely honest. And all the listeners might think that sounds quite funny because I'm sure there's been slightly worse moments. But how, how did you feel on the back of Saturday? I think it, it probably was, you know, arguably the worst result in our history. But at, mm. actually, at, at six nil, you kind of start to feel a bit. Uh, the kind the kind of anger went out of me a bit. I felt a lot more angry against Accrington um, with the the late equaliser when they had ten men. Same when we drew with Shrewsbury with ten men. As well, the the two late equal uh, the two late goals to make it two two that Fleetwood scored against us as well. They were the ones where I was really angry. And imagine if we'd held on and won those games. Imagine if we'd held on against Wickham as well. You're talking an extra eight points. They're the ones that really annoyed me. Saturday was just such a shock. I didn't really. It kind of just knocked knocked me for six. With uh, no pun intended. <laughs> that, that, no, let's keep it in. Let's keep the pun in. That was a good pun. Um, 
I, I mean, I, I'll be honest and say that I've never left a game early. I think I left one in Boxing Day when people will remember Ronaldo absolutely tortured us on Boxing Day and we were, I think, 4-0 down with 10 minutes to go and I had to get a train on Boxing Day to what was my girlfriend's house and I thought, ah, I can skip 10 minutes, this will be all right, we're, we're being beat. I've never left in disgust. And like, I remember saying at half-time to, to Ashley and Hannah, who I went to the game with, I said, there's part of me that hopes that they bang in a third early doors here because then it's kind of right. We're not going to have 45 minutes of hope. And if we just get one, you never know. But then the third one went in and the fourth one went in and I was like, I'm away here. And I think a lot of people were the same. And I don't like people leaving the game early, but you couldn't blame them really, could you, Tom? No. Yeah. I remember that Manchester United game you talked about. That was when, when Waghorn made his, he started, mm-hmm. didn't he? He made his debut um, at the stadium of light. No, I, I wouldn't have blamed people for leaving early. I, I don't like doing it either. Um, I think a lot of people might have have stayed actually just to show their disgust. To be honest, um, but no, I, I I can't blame people. It was it was really bad. It was um, I've I've never really I've, I've never seen anything like it. It was it was it was depressing, and I didn't ex- I, still though I didn't expect what happened the next day to happen. I I didn't, and I think anyone who listens to this and look, hey, we all have camping what we think is right and wrong for the football club because we care because we're fans that's what happens I think we're sometimes lose touch of that sometimes those opinions can be polar opposite and I have been quite vocally not a fan of Lee Johnson for quite a while he turned me around a little bit maybe in the chef word game and I thought maybe I'm the idiot and I'm, I've said this a few times I love when I'm wrong but I've got to be honest I felt early doors for a multitude of reasons which I won't go into he, he wasn't the right man but I didn't expect that to happen and and Brad I'll, I'll come to you because you're kind of on a line with me on that and then you know maybe we'll, we'll do a bit of a round table here but I didn't expect Johnson to go out I'm like Tom I kind of thought KLD will kind of dig his heels in and, and go with a long-term project that he had he didn't he kind of took us by surprise a bit but I think me and you agreed off it I, I thought it was deserved do you, do you think it was coming yeah definitely Matt um just have to look at some of the stats recently. It's, I think it was seven wins in 22. I've, been, I've read somewhere. Um, Doncaster are the only team to concede more goals away from home as well. So when you start putting things in perspective it, and knowing that it's imperative that we get out of this league this season, um, I think KLD has probably looked at it w- without the long-term picture in mind um, of what they're building for and thought, Maybe a change is needed if we are to get out of this league. Um, I didn't expect it the day before deadline day, if I'm honest. Um, but with the structure that's in place, I think Speakman is a, is in charge of a lot of the recruitment. So I don't think it's going to affect it that much. Yes, possibly because some players do look at it and think, what, what what's the coach that I'm going to be playing for? Um, if, that that was the that was the little bit that was going inside my head. Is it going to put some players off from coming? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm the same as you. I've been very vocal about it, and we've both been on here when we sort of turned around and said, "Hey, if he can keep proving us wrong, I'm more than happy to be proven wrong." Because that means that the club are going somewhere. Um, but it is what it is, and he's gone. It's just so important that we get the next the next manager is the right manager or coach I think I'll, I'll come to you Dave with more or less the same question with, with Lee Johnson it's really hard to pick apart a managerial campaign you need to have about three hours 
and you probably said you even can't do it justice. So there will be things that people think, oh, what about this, that and the other? But I think for me, ultimately, with Johnson, I know a lot of people said we played really good football and it's the best football we've played since we've been down here. Um, and there's a lot of examples where I can agree with that. But on the flip side, it's also some of the worst football I've seen us play in this open we've been. And I've never, I never in my life, and not that I'm putting League One down because we're here for a reason, we've been here for that long, but I never in my life thought I'd be picking apart five one defeats, uh, six nil defeats, and four nil defeats, and three nil defeats. Um, ultimately, we conceded too many away from home. And for me, didn't know, like, knew how to fix it. I think I spoke about Jack Ross years ago, and I was another. I just don't like any manager, do I? Geez. Um, I, I think towards the end, I was thinking, well, Jack Ross, he's not learning from his mistakes. And that was a panic for me. And obviously, I live up here in, in Edinburgh, and, and Hibs fans loved him when he first went in. And the same sort of thing kind of happened for me. And, and I kind of said, well, it looks like he doesn't learn from his mistakes. And for me, Johnson just, just kept making them. But Dave, not every fan's right. Fans are never 100% right. I could be completely wrong. And people might 100% agree, 100% disagree. But where do you feel about Johnson ultimately in his, his 14 month that he had? I think if there's one thing that you can't be as a, as a modern day football manager, for me personally, it's stubborn. It's all very well having your game plan, your philosophy, and I agree that you should have it. And it was nice to see what he was trying to do. But at the level that we're at, unless you're like a Manchester City or something like that, who are, let's be quite honest, leagues above everyone else, you have to adapt your game plan to certain scenarios. And Johnson just didn't seem a fan of that. And then if you if you take on there's been a couple of things mentioned in the last week. Any manager who seems to have done well with us seems to be an extension of the fans. It's something that I've said for years. And, you know, yeah, the sharks bite on a Monday and stuff like that. It just doesn't wash, does it? It's, you know, you, you don't need it. You just need to come out sometimes and say, listen, we weren't good enough tonight. And that's it. That's all you need to say to get the fans on your side. We weren't good enough tonight. We're going to go and do some extra work this week. We're going to graft as hard as we possibly can. You don't need all the all the patter that comes with it, I suppose. And I just think that was his thing. It, it, you know, it's undoubted. To be honest, by the time this transfer window goes shut, if we get in the signings, the last few signings that they're mentioning, this squad for League One is pretty much a joke if I'm honest it's there's some serious potential in there albeit they haven't done it for a while they're all at the right age they should all be hungry enough um so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting but yeah there's good bits and there's bad bits isn't there there's when we were good we were very good when we were bad my god we were terrible so uh it's nice that we've played some decent football because we have been watching some dross for a couple of seasons. But, yeah, ultimately, you can't be getting beat 6-0 in the third division of football, can you? No, not, not, not with the... And you can't be getting beat 5-1 off a promotion rival um, either. And I know some people think we're third and stuff like that. But you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to go too in it. I think people are fully aware that I'm not a fan and I was relatively okay with the decision. But I think, I think there's reason behind it. Um, Tom, you said you were quite surprised by the decision. I think we all were, to be honest. I think mainly because we'd almost bought into that vision that um, Kira Louis-Dreyfus had 
had kind of said, he, I think he said he's going to be a long-term appointment. So he kind of went, well, it's going to take a lot for him to move. And I know 6-0 is a, a lot, but again, there's the caveat that we're third and still in contention and we've played good football. He was taken back by it, but did you ultimately think it was a fair decision, Tom? Um, I haven't really decided yet whether I think it was fair or not. I think it's understandable, but still surprising, which, which I think we've all kind of said. With where we are in the league, I can't see us getting into the top two now just because I think Wigan are already up and I think Rotherham have just been better than us. They've they've got the long-term manager. They they know what they're doing. They're, they, they can do it on autopilot because they, because they're used to the way they play, etc. They're also used to getting promoted. Um, so I think no matter who the manager is, I also don't think we'll drop out the playoffs, which I hope aren't famous last words. So I think if we're going to be in the playoffs, I thought maybe Johnson could have just had the season had the playoffs, and if we don't go up, then it's like, right, you've had two chances now, or at least one and a half chances, time to go. Now, this is where, see, that isn't very ambitious of me. What I do like about what the club are doing is they are ambitious. They're making this change because they want to be in the top two and they think that we can still do it. And they think with the right man or woman, we can actually get into that top two. If we go on a run, an amazing run, and don't tail off like we did at the end of last season... And they're thinking that puts the pressure on Wigan and Rotherham. And there's Wickham as well, of course. And maybe we'll do it. And that's their plan. And that is quite ambitious because I probably would have stuck with Johnson, given him the playoffs and hoped to have done it through there. This change means that, that for the first time in a long time, Sunderland actually are showing ambition. I think there are a lot of Dave touching it before about the waffle is what he waffled a lot for me and, and I wasn't a big fan of that but I've never ever felt sorry for him and I didn't feel sorry for him on Sunday but the way he reacted in the post-match I don't mean, mean to sound mean but he did look like he was going to cry and it looked like that was and, and some of the things he said about an emotionless numb dressing room and stuff like that I suppose looking about the interview, do you think he maybe knew then? Because it wasn't exactly a fighting interview, was it, Tom? I actually think he was just devastated. I, I, I doubt he did know then. Um, I, I think, I think he, I think early on in the season when we had that, it might be after the Sheffield Wednesday game. Was was that at the end? Was that the end of the bad run when we got stuffed by Sheffield Wednesday? And then we 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 came back and went on a, on a decent run. Then I wondered if. He was kind of on his last legs, but he went on this good run. I think then he knew he was under pressure. I think at this stage, I don't think he was expecting this personally. Um, I'm just guessing there. Um, I think he just was absolutely devastated like we were. And I think he thought, remember when we lost 6-2 against Everton under Sam Allardyce? And after the game, Sam Allardyce said, I actually don't know what's happened. Normally, when we lose a game or something goes wrong, I know what's gone wrong. I know how to fix it. But I cannot work out what went wrong in that game when we lost 6-2. And I think that's exactly what happened. I think that's what Lee Johnson was thinking at the time as well. And he was thinking, I am, I, I, I'm absolutely stuffed by this result. And so are the players. And I don't really know what to do. 
he, he just looked, yeah, yeah, I actually agree with that. Couldn't think of it. He looked snookered. <laughs> and, and that is always a, a big worry. But there's been a lot of conversation about um, the players he's brought in, like Pritchard and, you know, bringing through Embo and, and Dan Neal. But the fact that we're really active in the transfer market, and by the time this goes out, people will probably know who we've brought in, and the fact that we brought in Packer Roberts and, and whatnot, and then made a decision literally two or three days later. Do you think it indicates that the system that Kirill Louis Dreyfus and Speakman want to put in place, Tom, that that idea of a sporting director and, and signing players for a project which comes from him and then the coach manages it, that when we bring a new manager in, it's going to be relatively seamless because they're not Johnson's men necessarily, if you know what I mean? Well, that was the master plan when Ellis Short brought in Roberto DeFanti. And then when he changed Roberto DeFanti for Lee Congerton, that was the master plan. Um, DeFanti didn't get very much time, of course. And when we brought in Allardyce, Allardyce didn't really want to work with the director of football. So that idea went out the window. Speakman seems to have a lot more power at the club than Congerton and DeFanti had in just looking at it from the outside. Um, and he's got a, a, a an owner who is clearly more patient about it as well. And the fact that we're not worried about losing the Premier League money because we're not in the Premier League anymore, that certainly helps as well. So I think you are, I think that's right. I think the the whole the whole point is that the managers can't it, it can be a seamless transition from one manager to the other because actually the manager isn't in full control of transfers anyway. And I do think, by the way, whoever comes in is is going to look at the squad and be pretty happy with it. I think they're inheriting a very good squad, regardless of what happens in these final few hours, because we're recording this in the final few hours of transfer deadline day. I also think that any manager worth his salt is going to look at the league table, see that we're third, look at our squad and say, I can get us into that top two. Right? I think that's there's going to be a lot of managers out there who will have the confidence in themselves and the confidence in the players that they are going to be able to do that. And obviously, I hope that is the case. But definitely, this is this. If we had a manager and not a director of football or sporting director, we wouldn't have sacked someone the day before deadline day. No chance. The fact that we haven't got a manager, but we're still pressing ahead with deals, which we're going to go through anyway, you would imagine, proves that actually this can work, hopefully. Stick with you, Tom. And I'll, I'll come back to, to Brad and Dave when we want to see. Who's, who's next? I just wanted to kind of see if this was something I've been quite nervous, not nervous, reluctant to say it because, well, you never know how much is whispers and how much isn't. Um, I'm pretty certain on good authority that, you know, when we touch on the system that we're putting in place, that before Lee Johnson was offered the job, Gus Poyet was pretty much the nailed on man for it. And I think there's a lot of people that got that vibe as well. And then all of a sudden, Gus wasn't the man. Um, do you think that that situation could have arose because of the fact that we'll have a head coach and we'll have a sporting director? It maybe rules out, I don't want to use the word some other because it's a total pipe dream, but there's certain managers that come in that don't want to work with sporting directors. They And, and Gus Poyet was very much, you know, he said on this particular podcast, how can I be a manager when other people are signing the players that I don't want? Which made sense. But does that rule out a lot of people such as Gus Poyet such as the likes of some other such as people who are managers, not coaches, or managers and coaches. Does that rule out a lot of people having that system, do you think? If we're going, if we're, if we're wanting to appoint a long-term head coach, like the plan was with Lee Johnson, then it might rule out people. 
that don't want to work with a, a sporting director. However, if we are saying, right, we need someone to the end of the season to get us up, it won't matter because the they'll only be working on the training pitch and, and during the games because the because the transfer window will have closed and the next transfer window, this manager isn't expecting to be there. So Christian Speakman and the rest of the recruitment team can get on with transfers for the for the summer and they'll have already done the January transfers that actually that shouldn't scare anybody off if we're going to go down that short-term route of like somebody like Warnock or McCarthy or Allardyce, who I think would, I don't think it's, it's any secret how much I love him. He'd be my first choice, even if I was a Man U fan, he'd be my first choice. So, but if we were going to, if we were going to get a short-term manager, then that, that shouldn't make a difference at all. Long-term, I don't think it would be, it might put a few managers off, but managers in this day and age understand the way it works. So I'm, I'm not worried about that, to be honest with you. And I'm not even sure if that's why, I'm not sure if that's why Poyet didn't take the job either. Because, I mean, I, I don't know if you can spill on this, but I was told he was pretty much offered it before Johnson was, as far as you were aware, we, did you think Johnson was maybe the second choice or, or not the first choice? Uh, but I don't know where he was on the list, but Poyet, um, the thing is, when Poyet was, was, was at Sunderland before he was in the Premier League, Big money because every manager in the Premier. I'm not saying that he was overpaid or anything like that. He was just on. A, he was just on a Premier League manager's wage. Bigger wedge, isn't it? Yeah. In League in League One, he will have been, and I'm not exaggerating here. He will have been offered something like a tenth of what he was on last time. Now, you'll understand absolutely understand that we're in League One, but you can't have the same job on a tenth of the money. Really, I mean, who's who's going to do that? So I don't think, you know, I was completely understandable that he didn't fancy it for that reason. Um, so I, I don't think it will be, I'd be very surprised if it is Poyet, by the way, who does who does take charge. But I haven't heard any whispers, any, well, not whispers, sorry, I've heard loads of whispers. I haven't heard from any source that I trust about who the next manager will be. Same, uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, trust me, I've been asking people. But um, if it is, if Gus, if you are listening, I would not mind you. We can all chip in together and maybe boost your wage a little bit. I'm sure Dave's got a nice pub he can sell. Um, Brad, I don't know what me and you've got, but we'll put it together. And Tom works for Sky Sports, so we'll be fine. Um, <laughs> Dave, I'll, I'll, I'll come on to you. You'd love to run over this. What happened with Lee Johnson in the 14 month? I'd love to do it. But so much has happened, we simply don't have the time or we'll be on here for three hours and I don't think anyone's going to listen to us for three hours if you do thank you very much but I'm sure you don't um ultimately Dave it's really early doors I, I get that but we always have a mind in a man uh, a man or a manager or a head coach in our head and also one in our heart that don't always align but if you were to choose one in where we're speaking at the moment who are you wanting in your head who's your heart saying they're two very different things, the old head and heart in situations like this. Yeah, like, like your head saying Grant McCann and your heart's going, oh, Jose, <laughs> Jose Mourinho maybe might fancy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the world of Twitter that's been going off all day, there isn't really anyone who has excited me. Let's put it that way. Um, none of the names 
if there was, in terms of the betting, um, gamble responsible, everyone. Uh, if if we're looking at the betting, the, the one that stuck out for me, just simply because I saw an interview after he left um, Villa and Dean Smith, and it, it kind of rankled with me a little bit and made me think a little bit differently about him, would be John Terry. And I've had a couple of conversations with you and people have said, John Terry, really? I mean, he's like, he's he's so Southern, it's unbelievable. And I understand that. But the chance to start your career at a club like Sunderland must be, for, for someone who wants to, sorry, for someone who has been such a winner throughout his career and the fact that he will want to become a winner as a manager, I think it must be too big of an appeal, I think. So if it was a long-term appointment, he'd be my choice out of what I've seen in the betting. If it was a purely heart moment and the fact that I think Jermaine Defoe is currently in a taxi to get his scarf picture took, I could be wrong. But if if it was that, I'd just love to throw all our eggs in like the tiniest basket ever and bring Allardyce home. But... I mean, that is pure fantasy. It can't be that good of a day, can it? It can't be. I just don't think Carlsberg make beers that good. Um, they don't even make that good beer. No offence, Carlsberg. Do you <laughs> want to sponsor us? I'll change my mind on that. Um, I got a bit of grief today on Twitter about it. Um, so I'll keep it short and sweet. I wouldn't want John Terry for the simple reason that I've got a lot of respect for Anton Ferdinand. Every other reason from a football perspective, I understand. I think... My respect for Anton Ferdinand and not wanting people like that to be at the football club. I don't think he would be my choice, but I understand why people feel that as a winner and a Roy Keane-esque, he, he was on the pitch very much like that. Brad, I haven't listened to you. I haven't listened to you. I haven't spoke to you for a while. I'll come to you with the same sort of question. Um, you've We've discussed a couple of people like you fancy today. Um, I think it's pretty obvious who I would quite like. My, my head is... Sorry, my, my heart is totally real in my head. I'm going to just say Gus Poyet or Sam Allardyce if he really fancies it. I'm a romantic, what can I say? Um, Steve Bold also interests me, if I'm honest with you, which is a bit left field. But but Brad, where, where are you thinking is the, not the smart money um, in terms of betting, gamble responsibly, but um, the smart money in terms of what would be the right appointment for someone to either short term or long term? Um. I'm with. I'm like you. If you go with your heart, you're obviously going to use the Sam Allardyce one or Gus Poyer. Um, for me, I think a sensible choice would be maybe Grant McCann. Um, and there's one that I, I'm not sure if he will come down at this level. Yukanovic, who was at now, Sheffield United up until recently. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it might not sound like a glamour appointment, mm-hmm. but he works, as far as I'm aware, as a head coach and not a manager. Now, he's worked with a lot better players than we have got. Um, he's worked in the Premier League. He's got he's got Fulham to the Premier League. <clears throat> and he's currently out of work. So it's not one that has been thrown about there, but it's just came to me over the last hour or so, just looking at man, like p- potential ones out of work. And I wouldn't be opposed to him coming in, to be honest with you. Um, I know you've seen the likes of Mick Max put his name back in the hat. For me, no. It's just one of them. Like it, it's we just going like through previous managers just for the 
for the for the what's the word I'm looking for, Graham? Romance. The romance, yeah. But they're, they're not apart from Allardyce or Poyet, for me, no, no, no one that we've had before. I know we've seen Roy Keane's mention, but he hasn't really done it for a long time now, has he? Number two at number two Island, but I can't imagine Roy Keane taking the League One defeat very well. I feel like Roy Keane would torch the dressing room at this point. Like, imagine getting me six nil at Bolton. Every, I mean, you would think it was Newcastle would all be decapitated afterwards. You know what I mean? But um, oof, I don't know if I have to edit that or not. Um, Tom, I, I'm looking at the betting market here. It's it's more interest when it goes down. Tom, to be honest, you've got Neil Lennon and John Terry, more or less. Splitting hairs, Grant McCann, Mick McCarthy, Duncan Ferguson, Big Sam. Then you've got Liam Manning, Neil Warnock, Alex Neal, Gus Poyet, Mark Bonner, Gareth Ainsworth, Paul Cook, Jody Morris. I have a feeling, because you like a, a left field appointment, sorry, Tom, that you might give me something different here. But who are you fancying? Got a feeling? Yeah, well, only only because I'd be very surprised if Allardyce is interested. I mean, he said, he said to me just before Christmas that he'd, he'd never say never to coming back to Sunderland but not in League One, right? And it, it's Sam Allardyce, fair enough. So my, um, other than that, my, my second choice would, is Emma Hayes from Chelsea Women. Yeah. I don't think she would take it either. I don't think she would. I think she, um, you know, she's got it good at Chelsea. I do, I, I think that she will eventually get the Chelsea men's job if she wants it what eventually and I think she'll end up being the first English person to win the Premier League um so I don't think that she will will come to us um but they they were the two that, that came to our mind straight away you meant English woman um, by the way there didn't you sorry you said you said English person just to React English woman. Yeah, saying that, I knew what you meant. Just for the well, listeners. Well, no, no, but, yeah, no, but, no, but an English, no, but an English man has never won the Premier League. Oh, really? That's that's why. So she would oh be the first God. English person. Yeah, yeah. Education here, Tom. You see, you well, can want to give education. Who was who was the last English person who was a man to win the top flight before the Premier League? It was uh, Sergeant Wilkel, Howard Wilkinson. It was. It was with Leeds. So, uh, Allardyce first choice, Emma Hayes second choice. Um, other than that, I think it's quite it's quite difficult. Straight away into my mind last night, I was I went to bed early because I, I had to be in work. I, well, alarm was set for two twenty this morning to be in work for deadline day, and then I was awake all night because this news happened, and I kept thinking that with just between now and the end of the season. Warnock and McCarthy would not be bad options at all. And I know that you're, you're saying that no one on that list excites you. You know what you're getting with them. They know mm-hmm. how to do this. Warnock has always said his biggest regret in football was not taking the Sunderland job when he had the chance to at Roker Park. Mick McCarthy always talks very highly of, of Sunderland. He could get a, a championship job for a club who are trying to stay up or he could go to League One of a club trying to go up. Um, so they're, they're kind of on my mind. Then They're not ones that really... There's no... When, when O'Neill got the job, it was like perfect person for the job. Yeah, when no one else did anyone else, did they, at the time? And, and, it was, and it was... I mean, when Roy Keane got the job, it was wow. I mean, that was like mind-blowing when he got the job, when Allardyce got the job, I said at the time, he's the only person that can keep us up and he did keep us up. 
Um, see, Poyet wasn't even that exciting. It was like, well, we know what he can do. Should we give him a chance in the Premier League? Yes. And he, and he did well for us. Um, but on that list there, the, the safest bet would be Grant McCann. Um, but again, like you say, no one on that list is, is, is particularly exciting. And I understand, it, I mean, last time, I, I don't, I'm quite lucky. I don't tend to get that much abuse on Twitter, right? I think it's because I'm quite it's like safe and I don't really have that many followers. That, that helps. But the only time I get mega abuse is when I actually say who I think should be the Sunderland manager. And last time I put up a short list of six. I must admit John Terry was on that list. Yeah, I remember that because um, obviously you were on the show me a 14 months ago discussing that with me, I think with Danny Collins, weren't we? And we had a, a full chat about yes, that. I remember that. Yeah. But, but someone else on that list, and I still and I still would be keen on this guy, would be Ashley Cole. Just when I he, he's got all of his coaching badges, when I when I hear him talk. I think it's quite mesmerising the way he talks about football and the way he talks about tactics. And also, he's young enough and, and relevant enough to go into that dressing room and everybody go, wow, it's Ashley Cole. So I, 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 so left field, Ashley Cole. Emma Hayes, I suppose, is left field. And I think I actually even had Defoe on that list 14 months ago. And he's 14 months older now, so it's more, more of a chance of it happening there. Yeah, I was talking to my granddad and I said, would Defoe be the worst option? He's worked yeah. as a coach, but has has he has he actually got the the right coaching badges to to do it yet? But yeah, that that's some that's something I, that's something I don't know. But he he has already been a coach, player coach at Rangers, so he must have some coaching badges. He he, he must do. Um, it's quite interesting because I've said to a few people today. I could, I could see him being the interim manager until we appoint someone. So maybe for a few weeks, if he comes straight in, because we haven't got a caretaker manager at the moment. So I said, I can imagine him being interim manager for a couple of weeks. And not one person I've said that to has had a problem with it. Not one person, which is quite uh, interesting. See, because when, I was, yeah. Yeah, one, when I was talking about Deforma, I said, if he comes in and we do get one of these short-term managers just to get us up this year hopefully is there something in that Defoe deal where it's they'll take us to the end of the season you'll be there you'll be the coach under them then you are our long-term plan going forward it's mm. that's been on my mind yeah, is that yeah it, yes yeah I, I i don't think that's um a, a ridiculous thing to to think at all um i mean i don't i don't know if that is is um is what's planned, of course, but I don't think it's a ridiculous thing to think that. But last time we did that, we did that with um, Steve Cottrell and Howard Wilkinson, and they both ended up going a few months later. Um, but I do like your, um, you notice I nipped off there because my son was my, my son was crying upstairs. But um, did you remember in Saturday? I think you we were talking about. <laughs> I think you were talking about Slavisa Jakanovic, weren't you? And I, I would be, I'd be delighted with him. I'd be delighted with him. But again, he's used to getting paid big money. You don't get big money in League One, despite how big a club we are. Before we move on to nice things, because we don't really, we rarely get nice things. And Jermaine Defoe has just posted something on Instagram with a emoji of the eyes, and he's looking at the trainers. I think by the time this comes out, you'll obviously understand. That I think it's probably happened. I think I'm safe in saying that. Um, if not, it's just a good edit job, isn't it? Um, but 
I've been thinking about it a bit today. I mentioned Steve Bolden things before, and and the more the default thought process is coming up, it might be left field, but Michael Beale, obviously he was at Rangers and has gone to Villa with uh, Stephen Gerrard. Leicester he was at as well, wasn't he? Was he at Leicester? I believe so, yeah. And he's building up a real reputation as a really good coach. Obviously, he did a really, really, really good job um, with Gerard at Rangers. I would like to think I've got a little bit of know-how about what obviously goes on with clubs like that because I watch them regularly. Um, and the way he turned that ship around and turned it from being, if I'm quite honest with you, like a shadow of what Rangers were in, in the past to like one of the better Rangers sides in the past couple of years. And obviously, he believed in Jermaine Defoe with Gerard to give him a coaching job. And I think potentially if we could tempt them, which I don't know if we could, if I'm honest, I think that's sometimes the worry is, could we tempt them? Because in the past, you think, well, in the Premier League, you can pretty much tempt anyone if the money's right. That's not not the case now. But I also think Michael Beale might not be a bad shout. And I'm, I'm, I mean, it'll be surprising no one for someone who obviously watches a lot of women's football, but Emma Hayes would be, if she would lower herself to League One, <laughs> no-brainer for me. Absolutely mm-hmm. no-brainer. Um, yeah, I, I, I understand the, the Michael Beal one because it it worked with Blackpool with Critchley. They got mm-hmm. a, a very good coach and said, right, be a head coach. And it worked. There's a lot of times where it doesn't work. It didn't work with Graham Jones, did it? Um, so the, 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 there's examples where it's worked, examples when it, when it hasn't worked. And of course, we don't know if he wants to be a head coach in the first place. But I, I understand your way of thinking, yeah. So it was Leicester, by the way, it wasn't. It was um, it was Chelsea originally when he was young. I think he went there. Oh, was Liverpool. it? Okay, right. I think he met Jared at Liverpool under 23s, but he, he, he's, he's built himself up as a coach and, and so on and so forth. But like I said, on, on the good news, um, look, I'm going to be safe in saying hopefully if this goes tits up, then it's my fault. I think it's safe to say Jermaine Defoe is coming back to Sunderland. Um, if he doesn't, I'm going to be incredibly shocked. I can't wait just to recommend some tattoos, uh, tattooists around the area for Tom. <laughs> the thing is, That's... around the... It's sorted. I'll let you into an, an exclusive. Yeah. Uh, if once the def- once Defoe is announced, um, and you know our sources are saying that it is, you know, pretty much done. Um, I am booked in for one thirty tomorrow at a tattoo artist near Edinburgh Airport because. My fiance is taking me to Edinburgh for for two nights as a thank you for proposing to her, and, and rightly so. Yep. Um, so I'm booked into one, but it will be a henna tattoo and not a permanent one. What a job! What a job! I didn't. I actually didn't. <laughs> I actually didn't bottle it. I said. I said I'm up for it, but I'm going on holiday for a couple of nights. They were like, right, well, we're gonna have to do it while it's fresh in the memory because this because because work will be sending a camera and stuff, obviously. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do it, but I mean, if if I go to Edinburgh and get a proper tattoo, I mean, how long does a proper tattoo take? Couldn't tell you. But that's a <laughs> transfer talk. Not long. Um, Half an hour. Would, oh, what a real one. Three minutes. Yeah. I've been told the henna. I've been told the henna takes forty. Nah, like, if you yeah, get a tattoo quicker. I got oh, my right, son. Okay. That only took about forty-five minutes. Oh, fair enough. Because I, I said, I said I'm up for it, and everyone and my boss, my bosses were like, "Really? 
you actually going to go through that? Yeah, I'll do it. And they were like, all right, just make it a non-permanent one. So fair enough. If at the time when that came along, it's funny, it co-aligned with, I think a few people got that message this morning. And when you said it, I kind of, like, because obviously I was watching, I'm working from home at the moment. My head lifted up when the word default said, I was like, oh, 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 God, he's like, oh, hang on a minute. At the same time as I got the text, did you know how close that was at the time? Because I think obviously it's going to go out tomorrow. I think by this point, he'll have signed. People will know that. We, we got we got an update this morning. Um, I, I personally got an update from a source just to say that someone was still working on it. And then a colleague of mine um Got it. Got another source, a little bit stronger, to say you know, like properly in talks, as opposed to because I, I know Lee Johnson said that there was an offer on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Well, today, you know, my, my colleague got the line that we we're back in talks, but I still didn't think it was. I, I just thought, no, nah, it's it doesn't happen to some of the fans. So I was still quite pessimistic. But I didn't. I didn't plan to say that. By the way, we were just talking about Defoe. Me and the panel were talking about Defoe. And I was just like, it's the kind of thing where you kind of say like, oh, yeah, you know, I'd eat my hat or I'd or I'd present naked or something like that, and uh, oh, I get a, I get it because I've got no tattoos. I'll just get a tattoo. My, my fiance has said that she, if I got a real one, she would, um, uh, what did she say? She she would leave me. And my mum said she'd kill me, so it probably is good that it's a temporary one. Disappointed, Natasha. You, should, you shouldn't have said that. I'll get, get it. I was waiting for a new one. I'll get it on your behalf. <laughs> All right, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, it's recorded, work. <laughs> recorded now. Um, it's funny, I said I want to move away from Johnson, Brad, but I don't know whether we've done a podcast since. I think we did a podcast when it was linked with Defoe. Um, there was a lot of stuff that came up about Scott Wilson, and I, and I know this is going to make me unpopular because I think people thought Scott Wilson was talking shite, but... I thought that he wouldn't post that unless he had a few people telling him Johnson is not 100% sure under four. I don't think as a local journalist, you'd put your reputation on the line that much. And obviously he's been made to look like a bit of a dick at first. No offence, Scott, because obviously it's came up where Lee Johnson's kind of spun it back and, and said, oh, you know, we are interested in stuff like that. But I think it speaks volumes, Brad, that Lee Johnson has gone in. 24 hours later, Jermaine Defoe is posting photos of him, what looks like in a taxi. And I'm sure, like I say, by the time this goes out, he's got the scarf of what we said. Do you think Johnson was the one blocking it? Um, well, it was funny you mentioned that because after that report came out from Wilson, I texted in Total Sport saying, bit tongue-in-cheek, saying if it's a, a choice between Defoe and Johnson, <laughs> there's the door leak. And Marco Gabbiadini gave me a load of shite for it. And I mean, he, he tore into me. Just it was only a text, and I usually get along with Marco, so I was like, I've left it for a week to get back in touch. But it actually, seems like Kill might have been listening to what I've said. Um, I do still think that Lee Johnson didn't want him because he's a bigger character and a bigger name in football, and I don't think he wanted any sort of risk that the power could shift from him if things started going wrong, as it has. But say if it was a month down the line. I believe that he thinks if he gets sacked, well, Defoe just takes straight over. And he, he was maybe he's putting a few barriers up. And that's just my opinion. Um, obviously, ultimately, it would have been Speakman and uh, KLD that made the final choice on that. But I do think there was a little bit of truth in it. How much truth it was, I'm not sure. Um, 
Pete Johnson was asked many a time in press conferences, and we've touched on it, that he likes to um, go around the houses before getting the answer. He doesn't like to tell you that the sky's blue and the grass is green, water's wet. Um, he'll explain why them things. P45, so P45. Answer in the um, pre-match press conferences. So it's hard, it's hard to gauge, but I think in one sense, Scott Wilson was maybe a, a little bit right, but he's sort of taken things that Johnson said and put his own twist on it, really. Just because obviously it, it, it sells papers, doesn't it, for him? No, he, 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 will have, he will have had a good source, 100%. 100%. I mean, I've had a, a, a contact of mine said that John, Johnson was the one with reservations about it, but uh, another contact of mine had said that Johnson wanted him. So, you know, if, there's no way that he would have um, gone with that story if he hadn't got that from a, from a good source. Um, and... We'll we'll probably never know now whether whether it was it was true or not, but either way, Johnson's gone and looks like Defoe's in. I I, I felt like that. I mean, I, I felt like, and not that I've ever met Scott to my memory anyway, but I just felt like you wouldn't post that story without more than at least three sources, Tom, for me, <laughs> two or three at least. Yeah, well, it it no, it depends what what. <clears throat> what I would do is if there was if it was a really really good source that I trusted, mm-hmm. I would listen to that source, then definitely phone the club and say I'm going with this story, all right, because I believe the source. If Sunderland said that is absolutely not true, no way that is not true, I'd probably go okay. I'm not going to run it. If they said no comment, I'd run it because I trusted my source. And if they said, well, yeah, that is true. Then obviously you'd run that as well. You don't necessarily need, you know, more than one source. It depends how trustworthy that source is. I mean, if it comes from, it's quite often on, like on, on Sky Sports News, quite often the stories that you see on the breaking news has come from like the chief executive or director of football or even the manager. I mean, you don't need to do much checking for that. I mean, you, you phone the clubs out of courtesy, but that source is so good that, that you go with it. Yeah, absolutely. I just felt like you'd have more than just took a few quotes and, and put it together. And I'm sure people disagree with me on that. And I know I went with the unpopular opinion when that bit came out with, with Scott Wilson. Um, however, nonetheless, it doesn't really matter, I suppose, because it looks like ultimately JD is coming and Lee Johnson hasn't got to say in it because he hasn't got the job here anymore. I think all... Can... Oh, so again, just while we're on, you can edit this out. I'm hearing here that the Congolo deal is off. Interesting. Interesting. Um Really exciting, wasn't he? I mean, we will touch on it absolutely, and hopefully that changes by the by the end of this coming out. But just whilst we're with the four, um, I think we all collectively said we felt it was a good signing, and I think a lot of people, not a lot, some people from the outside and some people even on the inside of Sunderland have questioned it because of a age, b he hasn't been playing for Rangers. Um, is he still going to be the same player? Can you pin all your hopes on a? 39-year-old, I think it's pretty clear what I think. Um, I think it's pretty clear what Brad thinks. And and Dave, you pretty much felt the same as I'm guessing you, Tom, as well. But but Dave, do you understand just for balance the reservations or do you think it's just overly cautious? I'll sit on the fence. (laughs) The reservations that he hasn't played recently and that he got 
bombed out of ranges, I think a few people have said to me, which I don't think was the case, if I'm honest. I don't think he got bombed out of ranges. I think he still thinks he can play football. Um, but do you think there's a chance? Because I, I, I just don't feel it. Is there a chance the folk could come and it might not work? Are we just kidding ourselves here, Dave? Or? No, because I, I don't... It's not as if... It is low risk, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah, the club want him. He wants to be here. We know he keeps himself right. We know he looks after himself. We know he's the consummate professional. Sorry. And we're not going to expect him to play 90 minutes week in, week out. Are we? You know, so I think in that respect, yeah, I, I think it's, no, I don't think it will go wrong. Whether it's a case of, you know, like Tom said earlier, we have to have the playoffs. And, and that's one thing I wanted to mention about earlier as well. I tell you what, if there were if there was an option to get, obviously Allardyce would certainly be my number one, but a McCarthy or a Warnock, I tell you what, going into the playoff final where we know we are notoriously historically terrible, who would you rather have on the sideline? A Johnson or an Allardyce, a Warnock or a McCarthy? I know what my answer is, you know. No, no disrespect to Lee Johnson. He has had us playing some decent football. But yeah, the same for, for having a Jermaine Defoe in and amongst that. If we do get to that position where we need, there you go, set the scene. If Tom's right earlier on and we are going to finish in the playoffs and there's 20 minutes left in the playoff against Charlton, please be against Charlton. Jermaine Defoe comes on and scores the winner. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. Couldn't take the playoffs anymore, me. I'm not having it. Um, <laughs> do you know we were talking before, Dave? You, I agree 100% what you said about the Sunderland needs a manager that's an extension of the fans. I thought that was fucking bang on. Don't like to use sweary words, but I thought it was because um, I agree. I think Mick Mac, who actually got relegated with like the lowest points ever and, and yada yada. And I know he made a lot of mistakes then, but he got a pretty poor side up. No offence to the lads that were in that squad that I might know. Sorry, Danny Collins. Um, and the likes of Roy Keane galvanised amazingly well. Um, Allardyce, broader shoulders in the river weir, loved him. Peter Reid, another iconic Sunderland manager. Bob Stoker, going back before my lifetime, galvanised the club as well. Sunderland do need a manager that is an extension of that. But is there a possibility, Dave, that we could bring in a manager that maybe isn't like super duper exciting? You know, like Warnock would be fun. I love Neil Warnock. We got to fucking die for three points. Love that. Um, but is there a possibility that the Jermaine Defoe sign could be that lift that we need anyway, Dave? Yeah, yeah. I mean, who could disagree? Listen, I tell you what. I wish we had the analytics for Twitter today because <laughs> it must be phenomenal. It, and that's just off me. That is just off me, let alone God knows how many tens of thousands of fans. So, hey, it's absolutely madness. I'm not sure I agree with the fact that if we sign them tonight, there'll be an extra five to 8,000 fans at the game on Saturday. I'm not 100% sure of that. I will put me neck on the line and say if it's Allardyce and Defoe tonight there will be an extra five to eight thousand fans <laughs> we'd finally would finally fill that extension wouldn't we like the, the, the premier concourse would be back open if we did that I think but uh we can dream babe we can dream definitely so yeah it, it might be big you know it's got to let's be honest 
okay, we, we haven't been on the greatest run in January as a club, but we're still in touch. We've still got a chance of, of, of automatic promotion. There's no doubt about that. So, yes, the DeFoe signing, I think, would give us momentum, um, especially alongside just freshening things up a little bit, getting rid of the likes of O'Brien. Again, consummate professional. No no bad words to say against him. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, you know, he just wasn't my type of footballer. I still mm-hmm. maintain that when we signed him, he was a defensive winger. Um, even though I know he wanted a chance up front, it didn't work for him, and that's fair enough. And let's be honest, when you're playing second fiddle, uh, block less drug, but you're not going to look very good. It's impossible. <laughs> um, so I've always got to get that plug in about. about I was going to say, you haven't mentioned stuff. him for about 40 minutes, mate. Jeez. Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Just, we all know how much I love him. So, um, so yeah, hey, there's people above, <laughs> way above our peer grade, considering Graham doesn't, charge, doesn't give us any money for this whatsoever. <laughs> Definitely. If I get 10 more subscribers, I'll start getting paid on YouTube so you can have 10 pence each. (laughs) Um, But they they know what they're doing above. And and I'd be, I tell you, I'm going to put it out there. I think the managerial appointment will be quite exciting. I genuinely do. Even if it's only a short term one, I think it's going to be quite exciting. So I think the lift that we're going to get from Defoe and a new manager, yeah, let's, let's hope it's, you know, Streaky Sunland. It really, it really could galvanize, couldn't it? It's like um, I'm the most optimistic man in life. I'm the most pessimistic man when it comes to Sunland Association <laughs> Football Club. But I do feel like we didn't get beat six 0 on Saturday, if that makes sense, because so much good stuff seems to be happening. Um, we haven't got too long left, and obviously, it's so hard to fit all of this stuff in. And um, so, I'm really sorry if you're listening. And you think, oh, we should discuss that, and it's it's just hard, like to fit everything in. So much has happened. Um, you touched before, Brad, about uh, Congolo potentially off. There's also Jay Matete. Um, there's rumours. I mean, by the time this goes out, we'll know who's coming, who's gone. But ultimately, it looks like an exciting end to the transfer window either way. It looks like potentially Congolo, although that might be off, potentially being for another centre-half if that's Jay Matete. Uh, I've heard we did want a centre-half and a centre-midfielder, which would match up. Um, maybe it might just be the midfield if Congola's off and potentially Gooch, Flanagan and obviously O'Brien's already left. I hate to be harsh on any players like same O'Brien and Gooch and, and Flanagan. They've all tried really hard, but it feels like if you take out Defoe, uh, bring in Defoe, sorry, and the other two, Congolo or Matete, even if it's just two of them and, and ship out the other three, it, it just feels like an upgrade, which again is, we've praised the recruitment team for a while. I think even if it's just even if the only move that happens is Defoe in O'Brien out again, it's another upgrade, isn't it, Brad? They're doing they're doing well the recruitment team. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's refreshing from what we've been used to. Um, in bloody hell, how, how many years are we going back now? Um, I think the last time we had probably a successful uh, window that I can remember was under Sam Allardyce. Um, so I, I will give the recruitment team a lot of credit. I do. I uh, echo what you have said. I wish you O'Brien all the best. I've got a bad word to say about him. Good professional. Um, just didn't really work here. And I do think it is time for Gooch to part ways with the club. Um, Me too. He comes under a lot of criticism. He's on his day, he's brilliant, but that day seems to be becoming more and more rare. 
in my opinion. I think he's just got to get that move to to start his own career again, somewhere fresh. I mean, he's been here since he's what fourteen, fifteen. I think it's, I think it's the right time for him and the club to part ways. He'd go with my best wishes. And same with Flanagan. Um, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, this season, I think he's actually been it's been his best season, apart from his little dip in form he's had recently. Um, but yeah. I mean, if if we can get two of the three incomings that you've mentioned there, coupled with the the incomings that we've already brought in, uh, you've got your Trey Hume, Roberts, Clark, Danny Bart. I think we would look at it and say we have come out of it stronger than we went into it, um, and that is without a manager as well still. And that's what that's the purpose of a transfer window. If you can look at your squad and think we've came out of that better than we've went into it. It fills you full of confidence as a fan. So I'm guessing it would be the same as a player um, in that dressing room as well. It's it's weird, Tom. I'll, I'll come to you with it. It's like I was half expecting it would be recording this either Sunday night or Monday morning and discussing the match. And I was kind of like, oh, bloody hell. I don't know how I'm going to dig through this. It's going to be like a, a therapy session. And it's weird because the question I've wrote down here to ask yourself and Dave before we leave is, Ultimately, where we sit at the moment, which is half past eight on Monday morning on transfer deadline day, it looks like if if Jermaine Defoe is not coming, then I'll be very surprised at this point with it, the cryptic things he's posted. It looks like we're going to make some good signings potentially. If we don't, we've still had a very good window and we're maybe, we've, we've shipped some Deadwood out, no offence, Aidan O'Brien, um, and no offence to any of the boys that go. It does look like the, the, the squad will be stronger, even if it is just Defoe that comes in and even if it is just O'Brien that goes out. Ultimately, although we're not in poor position to go up, I feel quite positive about Sunderland. Based on everything that's happened over the weekend, how are you feeling about it at the moment, Tom? Uh, not mega positive because I don't think we'll. I, I still don't think we'll break that top two. I, I think we could that's we could tough. have an amazing run, and it still might might not be good enough. And playoffs, I'm never confident about. But I mean, I, I would be like to see Defoe back, obviously. Um, it's always quite exciting when we need a new manager, um, which is, you know, which is quite, um, oh, what's the what's the word? It's, it's 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 like it's probably not a good thing to be excited about that. That actually, uh, in terms of the transfer, we'll see what happens in the last few hours. I wouldn't be getting rid of Gooch though, definitely not. Um, especially even pure his, his versatility, purely that, I wouldn't be getting rid of him. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm 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 feeling excited because we need a new manager and because Defoe's on his way back. I, I, I'm excited, but at the same time, I don't think it means we're suddenly favourites to get automatic promotion. We can but hope, Dave. Same <laughs> sort of question to yourself. Obviously, it's look, I kind of agree with him. To be honest, I think we're going to have to go on an absolutely monumental run, a Roy Keane-esque run towards the end of that season when we went up, which is, of course, it's possible. And it's possible the squad we've got, it's 100% possible, but it's bloody hard, um, which ultimately means probably it is going to be the playoffs. Um, see, if Speakman had listened to the podcast a couple of months ago, it wouldn't have been this issue. If you just listen to the podcast, Christian, it would be a different thing entirely. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I do feel positive because I'm kind of excited about the four getting announced as we're currently speaking. We're waiting for this to happen in the scarf pick. And I'm excited about potentially Jamie Tetty coming in. I'm, I'm excited about the moves that, that are happening. I'm, I said the names are quite boring in terms of the manager, but I suppose there is a couple of names in there that would make me go, well, all right, you know, fair enough. 
Um, and ultimately, when a new manager comes in, it's always relatively exciting anyway, unless it's Howard Wilkinson and the Steve Cottle Dream Team. And that's the one time I haven't really gone, oh, well, fair enough, I can get on board with that, I suppose. And maybe Parkinson, no offence, Phil. Um, but to stop me from waffling, I'm sounding like Lee Johnson now. Um, ultimately, do you feel positive of going in the last six months of the season? And on top of that, about Sunderland as a club, based on the second, the moves we're making and everything that's happened in the past few days? I think... I think that's probably the important part to differentiate. Am I excited about the rest of the season? I think you and Tom have, have basically put that to the sword. And yeah, it's going to take some monumental effort. And let's be honest, it's going to be a fun ride if it comes off. If it comes off and we do go on that run, we're all going to be sat there in six months' time thinking, yeah, okay, we didn't expect that. And it was absolutely brilliant. Uh so, yeah, as we sit here now, without trying to sound too downbeat, playoffs, and we haven't got a great record of playoffs, unfortunately. So, fingers crossed that there is some kind of difference in history this time round. Um, as for excited about the club, yeah, I, I finally feel as though, in terms of recruitment, we're signing players who who are of the right age, who have the chance to to grow together, to actually invest in what we're about as a football club, to, they've all got points to prove as well. You know, some of them, you look at some of Patrick Roberts, he went for £11 million as a 17-year-old, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Pritchard, £14 million money, he went for. Patrick £14 million, sorry. You know, they've got points to prove, or they should have points to prove. If they want to make it as a footballer, they should have points to prove. Um, and to be signing players like that at the level that we're at, <laughs> just as uh, Brad sends a message saying that we're finishing second, love that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited as a football club, especially if we, whether it's, a, whether it's at the end of the season or whether it's in the next couple of weeks that we sign, a long-term appointment as a head coach, manager, however you want to describe it. Yeah, I think we've got... There's, I think I've said it before. There's one thing that... I was going to say Mr. Boren, but we've had a few of them as managers. If there's one thing that Mr. Grayson said that I completely have in my mind completely all the time, and I totally agree with him, and there wasn't much that I agreed with Simon Grayson, by the way, He's probably up there with me hitting him just as much as Phil Parkinson. Um, as managers, not as people, by the way. Please don't take that out of context. Uh, you've got this huge juggernaut. And once it's turned around and once it's gone in the right direction, it's going to take some stopping. It really will take some stopping. And it's. I'm sure there is Sheffield United, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Leeds United, there's fans of all those clubs who will tell you that once it starts going in the right direction, it's quite an exciting ride. And I'm quite looking forward to that. I remember when we came down to League One, we were all buzzing to go to Kenilworth Road. We were looking forward to Adams Park. And yes, the novelties wore off, unfortunately, after, after four seasons of it. But it does also mean that you've got to start again, that you have to start fresh. You have to change your plans. And let's be honest, I'd rather be signing the players that we're signing now as opposed to Jilla Bodgy 
and Don, stuff like that. People we can see grow, people that we can see become part of the club. Um, so, yeah, very long-winded answer. Totally not needed, not necessary whatsoever. But, yeah, excited for the long-term future. <laughs> so, you positive, yes? Just to confirm. Uh, yeah, I think that's what I was trying to say, yeah. <laughs> Um, to everyone listening thanks if obviously you've gone this far there's so much that we wanted to cover and so much stuff that we we could have gone further into I hope we've covered enough to keep you sufficiently entertained Um, as I said before uh, please do subscribe because I think I'm 10 subscribers away from being able to pay David and Brad Um, so I very much sound like Bono now Um, but please subscribe Uh, please call up subscribe whatever you have to do to subscribe and I'd be able to pay them 10 pence a week. But I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, onwards and upwards, hopefully by the time this is out, we've made loads of quality signings. Jermaine Defoe's parading around uh, Jackie White's market with a scarf above his head. But thanks very much, Brad. Thanks, Dave. And thanks very much, Tom. Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe in the back. Jermaine Defoe is in the back. Here he is. All right. We have a comment. Don't we? Just... Jermaine. Jermaine, you glad to be coming? What do you think? 